You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're going to continue where we left off in the Maisa Mebitachun and the Tale of Trust. And what we encountered last week was that we had our fixer who could no longer fix things, who was sent down into the world of Bria, into the beginning of separation. And the only way he was able to make his money at that point was by cutting down trees. And he found that cutting down trees was good, cutting down those concealing elements in our lives getting rid of all of those trees that block us. That was the avoid of the tzaddik. That was how he was fixing broken things there. And our lives were caught up in all of the different trees and a person has to learn how to cut down those trees. Especially as Chazal tell us that a person cuts down trees by the tree itself. That was the secret of the, of the fixer cutting down trees. And then the king came to him that night and saw that the suda was a suda and saw that he was eating and he was full and he was experiencing a moment of wholeness, a moment of sitting in his home that was dug deeply into the mud with a broken roof, with windows that looked outwards but didn't see a world, rather they saw the mud that the house was stuck into. It was specifically in that place that the Isha Metakein, the fixer, was capable of having that suda that was mamish suda, a suda, a of gan eden, a suda that is mamish suda, a plain suda that contains everything in it. It's very much in line with what Rabbi Nachman teaches us by the Maisa Meshava Habatlarim, by the seven beggars, that the chasana, for the ben vabasa avudim, for the lost children, the chasana that was going to take place after all of the struggle in the desert and meeting the seven beggars and losing the seven beggars. But the chasana that the beggars make for these children is specifically in a pit that is dug into the mud and covered with branches and twigs. Because for Rabbi Nachman, very often, especially in the world of his stories, the simcha amitis, the suda, which is mamas suda, comes about specifically in the pits that are dug into the mud. That was the world that Rabbi Nachman was coming to show us that even there we can find the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not even there, specifically there, specifically in the quiet of night when the Melech, when the Melech Malchim Lachem HaKadosh Baruch Hu is gazing in from the windows to see if it's possible that a Jew in this broke down world can sometimes reach the Darga of Simcha Amitis without any Daiga Bechlau, without any worry. And the king sees that he has this Suda and he goes and he decrees that, okay, no more cutting down trees. And like we said, the king's entire avoida, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's entire process with the Isha Metakein, with the Tzaddik, with all of us, is to force us through the Minios to dig down deeper to reveal more lights of godliness. Then the beginning in the world of Atzilus, we fix all broken things. We're, we're Metakein Shvira Sakelim. 
That's not so much concealment. That's the world of Atsilus. So then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'll break this for him and see how he finds that light of fixing broken things in the world of Bria. And so the Isha Matakin learns how to cut down trees because he's a fixer. That's what he does. He sees opportunities to be Mevarer. And so the king comes and he sees he's still having the Suda. He learned the secret of going down one level. He went from the Yud, which is representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the Olam Ha'ad uh, in the Olam of Atzilus, and he goes down to the Hay, which is the presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world of Bria. And the king sees that he was able to go down one level deeper and still find me. So the next thing the king does is he goes out and he ruins it again. Because he, again, he wants to force the fixer to go deeper, to reveal the true kolchos of what it means to be a fixer. Not only to fix in the world of Atzilus, of clarity. Not only to fix in the world of Bria, where it's mostly clear with a little bit of distortion. But now the Isha Matakin is being thrown down into one of the most frightening places and the most beautiful places, the, that place of Avne Shayesh Tahor, that place of purified hun, hewn silver, that place of Olam Hayetzira, the letter Vav. And now the Isha Matakin is going to have to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu there as well. And so the king goes out and he decrees that you can no longer cut down trees. And so the Isha Matakin walks out. Ishamatakin walks out to make money for that night's meal. When the fixer came back to that individual to cut down trees, and that person answered him, You're no longer allowed to cut down trees. It's no longer the available path for you to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's your job to find it even in more Minios, in the places that you thought you can never find Hashem. And again, like we saw before, it was bad in his eyes. And he saw the world through eyes of negativity again. Because there was Ein Kesef, there was no money. There was no money left. And so over here, we give a, a reason, Rabbi Nachman gives us a reason for the Hira Be'enav, for, for not seeing things clearly anymore. In the world of Atzilus, when the person came to see that he can no longer fix broken Kalim, it just says Hira Be'enav. It says that, that it was bad in his eyes. But over here, V'hira Be'enav ki in kesef. Here in the world of Bria, when he's falling away from the world of Bria, which is the avod of cutting down trees and falling into the world of the Yitzira, which we're going to see in a moment, the reason that he's he's upset is because in kesef, there's no more kesef. Now, interchangeably, the, the money that the fixer was making, Rabbi Nachman tells us above, like we saw last week, is shisha zehuvim, they're gold coins. So why is he saying kesef over here? Now, obviously, kesef and zahav, in spite of the fact that they represent two different expressions of wealth, nevertheless, they're two expressions of a singular thing, okay, so they could be interchangeable, Kesav and Zahav, but like we said, we have to be medayik in the words of the tzaddikim, and the, the depths towards which we can be medayik is as far as our minds and our dimyon the kedusha is willing to be medayik, so long as a person tries to clarify their imagination to ensure that their imaginings are in line with with, with some sense of truth, with some semblance of truth, never claiming to be absolute truth. But when a person is in line with the words of the tzaddik, then a person can be medayik as far as their imagination goes. And to daven Tashem, to clarify and refine our imagination 
and to ensure that our imagination is based on nothing other than the things that generate within the mind's eye, not visions or, or concepts or images from elsewhere, God forbid. But when a person has that light of the eyes, a holy imagination to, to read the words of the tzaddikim, like the tamidim ha'amitim of the tzaddikim do, so we can see that when Rabbi Nachman makes a distinction between Zahav and Kasef, it means something. And so what was it that, that made the fixer despondent now? What was it that made the fixer doubt his capacity to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this even lower place? It was Ki'en Kasef. There was no, there was no Kasef. Now we know that Rabbi Nachman tells us and the Tzaddikim tell us and the Zayar Kaddish tells us that Kesef is Milashan Kisufin, that, that the language of Kesef is from the language of yearning desire, Kisufin, a healthy desire that seeks to move forward. It's not a negative craving. Kisufin is a desire to get to a place, a burning desire, but it's, a, it's an excitement. Kisufim, that a person feels in a moment of, of awareness or inspiration, however it may emerge, Kisufim is the sense that, wow, I know something is true. I know there is a level. I know that there is a place that I can theoretically live at with a Jew, as a Jew with an Ashama. And even though I fall away from it and I don't stay there and I can't hold on to that Darga because I'm a Ben Adam and because we're in Choyl and because we're in Gallus and all of the different reasons that we fall away from that Darga of Kedusha, the Darga of Kisufin is the healthy memory of those states and the burning desire that exists even when we're not there. That's what Kisufin is. B'nei Hechala Dechsifin. like the Arizal HaKadosh tells us in the Pizmoin of Shalashudis. The Kisufin of Shalashudis are because Shabbos is getting ready to leave. And so we're we're intimating or intuating the sense that there will be kisufin again for Shabbos. Kisufin is always about yearning in a holy and a healthy way towards something, an ideal that is outside of me, yet even though it's outside of me and I'm not there, Rabbi Nachman teaches us that through the kisufin themselves, a person is connecting to the thing that they're desiring after. And even though we don't grasp it in a way of seizure as if we have the thing that we desire, we have it by way of desire. That's kesef. That's b'nei hechala dechsifin l'mechazei ziv dezer anfin. The b'nei hechala dechsifin, the children of that chamber who understand the secret of kisufin. Like Rabbi Nachman teaches us about uh, the, the, the third beggar, the third beggar or the fourth beggar, I forget which one, who when he's telling his tale, I'm sorry, it's the, it's the third beggar. It's the, it's the stuttering beggar, I believe. When he's telling his tale, at the Sheva Brachos to those lost children and describing why in truth it seems that he doesn't know how to speak, but in truth he knows how to speak better than anybody and all of his words are shiros with tishbachos to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That beggar, the third beggar, describes to us that the world has a spring and it has a heart. And there's kisufin that the heart has to arrive at that stream. There's kisufin that the heart of the world has to arrive at that stream. And the love songs that emerge between the heart of the world and that spring. The love songs are what keeps up reality. It's, it's the very nature of reality. The very nature of existence is a world of kisufin. Of kisufin, of yearning, of the world, everything yearning forward and growing forward and, and yearning for the infinite and a desire to recapture that which we never even knew we had. And those kisufin 
those kisufin that the heart of the world has for the spring of the world, they give existence shape. And the heart of the world wants so desperately to get to that spring, but it knows that the moment it tries to get to that spring, it loses sight of the spring. Because when we embark on the path to reach the spring, we have to leave our original point of outlook of when we saw it from afar and we lose it and it's terrifying. We're not sure if we could sustain ourselves without being able to see the spring. And we also know that it's the ga'aguim themselves, the kisufim themselves of the heart for that spring of, of the Jewish people for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the finite for the infinite that gives shape to existence. So the kisufin, the desire, is not there necessarily to be satisfied, but rather the kisufin ultimately will outlive their own satisfaction. There will always be kisufin, the Kedusha. And so over here, what we see with the fixer as he leaves the world of Bria and enters into the world of Yetzira, when he leaves that world of cutting down trees and is about to enter into the avoda that we're going to see he does, the fear at this point is that there's not going to be kisufin anymore. He's not worried. He knows he can go down a level. The neshama knows it could go down a level. But the, the fear of the neshama is that, let's say I forget about what I really want. Let's say I, I forget, I fall away from memory of what it is that my neshama desires. And I begin searching out that satisfaction elsewhere. What if I forget? What if there's Ein Kesef? What if I don't have those Kisuf in the Kedush anymore? What if I begin finding my yearning melting into craving or my healthy desire melting into uh, obsession how do i how do i cultivate the the safety of my desire to truly yearn for what it is that i'm yearning for ain kesef how am i going to function down here if there's ain kesef but like we saw before nevertheless the fixer had bitachon the Jewish person understands that they have the capacity of finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu wherever they are. That there's no scenario I can't, where I can't find HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the Kayach of Bitachon. Through that ability, like we said, in the name of the Rebbe, in the name of Ravichamai Morgenstern Shlita, that the Indian of Bitachon is the capacity to taste the lights of the future, to taste that light of Chachma when it nests itself within the present moment itself. Like the song of Shir Hashirim, or, or, or the screams of childbirth, which are already sweetened by the future knowledge that things will be okay in spite of the fact that they're not okay yet. I can always cultivate my own kisufin. I could hold on to those kisufin. And now he goes away from the person who was cutting down trees. And he comes across somebody who is cleaning out a stable, cleaning out an animal stable, of the waste materials of animals. So here we see a big jump away from the world of Brio, which is Bina, which is Kisufin, which is Nekudas Akesef, which is that desire of the heart, the desire of the mind, which is associated with the Bina and Bria and cutting down trees. And now we find ourselves thrown away from that place, now in the stables with the animals trying to clean their waste. And he sees someone who is cleaning waste. You see someone who is cleaning out the animal stables. V'sha'aloso, and he asked him, hadir? Who are you that you should be cleaning out the animal waste from these stables? Hey, Shivlo, the cleaner said, I couldn't find anybody who was willing to do this for me. 
I couldn't find somebody to teach me how to do this. I couldn't find a tzaddik to teach me how to truly be Makayim, the nikoi, the deer, the cleaning out of the stable. So I had to do it on my own. So the fixer comes along and he says, here, let me, let me clean out the deer. And he makes the money and he goes back home and he has the suda. So the Indian of, of cleaning a stable, there's two, there's two elements of it. Over here, we also have a descent away from being an Adam who's cutting down trees, a person. And it's a descent into the animal within us, the Nefesh Bahamas within us, that place of unconsciousness within us. Because the concealment of this third world, as opposed to the first two worlds, the first two jobs, the concealment of this world is half and half. The world of Atsilas was totally good with no possibility of bad. That was fixing broken vessels where every moment provided me with Avedis Hashem. Then the descent into the world of Bria, the first world of separation. It's a world where it's mostly good with a little bit of bad, which was cutting down trees. Now we find ourselves in the world of Yitzira and cleaning out the stables. And here it's half and half. Here it's equal footing, Kavyachol, to good and bad. This is the place of the Eitz Hadas Tov Vera. This is the place of Torah, uh, of Mishnah. This is the place of Kosher and Pasal, and Asr and Mutter, and Tameh and Tahor. Opposites. Zel Asa Elokim. In this world, there is always a balance between light and darkness, clarity. And it's a descent away into the animal part within us. It's the descent away to no longer even living in a bias, but finding ourselves stuck in a stable where we give in to our natural impulses, where we follow whatever it is that the body wants and its immature impulsivity. The body most certainly knows best, but that's only after the body has been refined by the soul and been transformed to be revealed higher than the soul. But the body before the soul, sure, it keeps score. It certainly feels everything that there is to feel, but one can't trust the body at this point. The body will ultimately be the biggest teacher to the neshama. Our tzaddikim tell us that. But in the world of Yitzira, where a person just follows whatever temptations or whatever desires they have in that moment, that's the animal part of ourselves. And cleaning out the waste of that animal part of ourselves is not only the insignificant parts of life, but the insignificant parts of the insignificant parts. There's the spiritual soul, the nefesh alokus, which is engaged in ruchnias. There's the nefesh abahamis, that animalistic soul, which is engaged in physicality. And then there's the waste of the animalistic soul, which is boredom and nothing, valueless, banal reality, things that appear to be completely insignificant. That's the question of excess. That's the question of waste, of eating something and the body expelling the element which is extra. How could it be that there's something extra in reality? This is the kasha of Ayla How could it possibly be that there could be something without purpose in a world that is created and sustained by the infinite purpose of all things, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by the Or Ein Sof. How could it be that there are things that go to waste, Levatala? And this is not a, a simple question because when a person begins the process of learning Halacha, the first encounter with the Shulchan Orach, after learning how to wake up, is the question of how do I pray, how do I live in a world with excrement, with waste? Mishnah Brua and the Shulchan Aruch and the Poskim go deeply, they dive deeply into that halacha at the very beginning. Because the prerequisite 
The prerequisite to tefillah, the prerequisite for understanding the secret of prayer is understanding that there will very often be things in this world which appear to be wasteful and without purpose. The mikra by chance and insignificant, levatala. Levatala, with no actual purpose, with no, with no centeredness. That's the question of the Olam HaYitzira, which is why the bracha that we make on this miraculous process is Asher Yatsar Asadam. Yatsar, the language of Olam HaYitzira, where there's good and bad, and it's the waste of the animalistic experience. Where we look around the world and we feel that there's so much extra here, there's so much garbage. There's so many extra things. There's so many moments in my life of randomness and insignificance that I begin to think that the world has extras in it that it's possible that there could be waste and not an opportunity to come closer to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this inyan of this waste, right? ultimately the Nachash was supposed to take care of this. The Tikkun of the Nefesh Bahamas. The Nachash we know is the Gematria of Mashiach because ultimately the Nachash is going to be Mahapech into the Mata of Moshe, into the Staff of Moshe, which is going to be the Hata'a, the, the Staff of Mashiach Tzidkenu. And that the neshama of Moshe, like the tzaddikim tell us, is found in the singular middle letter of the Torah, the elongated vav of Gichon, of kol ha'olech of any creepy crawling animal that slides along on its belly, representing the snake. And Chazal come and tell us, who were referred to as soifrim because they counted every letter, that if you want to understand what the center level, when you dig down deepest into the depths of the Torah, what do you find? You quite literally find yourself in the belly of the snake the elongated vav of because that's where the Torah has to be uncovered from. The tzaddikim say that the Nukud of Moshe, the Nukud of Torah's Moshe, is hidden and buried in that place, in that world of Elam HaYetzira. So yes, the, the fixer is terrified over here. Shema, I'll lose my kisufim, but the farther down a person goes, the rungs of the, lo the world's lower and lower, the more the profound opportunity the more the ability to recognize that the snake itself, the nachash of my life itself, and all of us have nachashim v'achbarim. All of us have a snake and scorpions, which the Zohar Kadosh, as Menachem quotes, occupy our minds every day. And if I can't draw down the chesed of Avram, the, the, the kisufin of Avram Avinu, of chavira kekaspa, of something that is as translucent and white as kaspa, as desire, in order to draw that light down, I have to fight through the Nechashim and the Akvarim of every single day. Each and every person has their own Bilbulim. And it's specifically in the world of Yitzira where I engage with that waste, with that extra, with that meaninglessness, with all of the excess of experience. It's specifically there that the fixer is now going to be forced to reveal that he can fix as well. Now, <clears throat> One of the Iker Tachlis of an individual is to find Iker in life, is to uncover the points of essentiality, to ensure that things are seen to be absolutely purposeful, and that there's nothing without purpose, and there's nothing levatala, and that levayidach mimenunidach, that no experience is going to be wasted, because everything is absolute in its significance, because everything signifies the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as Mamela, you can't have anything that's truly tafel. You can't have anything that's truly insignificant. The insignificant extras or life are on a certain level the most essential element because it teaches us that even the insignificant is significant. Even the waste is necessary. 
even these inyanim that have to be pushed away, tsoa, tetsei, the Isha Metakein reveals that he can fix that place. He can fix that place. And God forbid if a person claims that they can fix that place without being ready, without descending down into the world of Yetzirah where things seem wasteful and extra. So it's the aspect of Bilam HaRasha. Because Bilam HaRasha we know also worship this element by Baal Pa'or. That this whole Indian of, of serving their form of, of representation of their higher power, specifically by way of these extras, saying that there's nothing extra. Even this can be brought to God. And, and that's the classical hate of doing something far too early without birurim. Bilam wanted to die like a yid, but he did not want to live like, like a neshama. He didn't want to work through being mevarer, that, that, that essential excess or that excess essentiality of that which appears to be wasteful, cleaning out the waste of my life and, and experience. But the tzaddik, the Isha Matakin, teaches us that it's specifically within that which appears to be inessential, the ordinary moments of our lives, the every moment of, every, of everyday life, the whole, which is because it's lowest, contains the deepest imaginable light. The tzaddikim teach us, in particular, the Admor HaEmtsoi, Rav Dov Ber of Liadi, the Admor Emsai, the Mitla Rebbe, Aleinu, and his Maimur on Parshas Vayichi, Parshas Vayichi, Devarim Neflayim Admaod, in Torah's Chaim, where he explains the job of the Tzaddik, the job of Yosef Tzaddik, to be Mavar Psoilas, to clarify the extras, to clarify the waste. And not only the psoilus, but the psoilus of psoilus, the waste of the waste, the most inessential of the inessentialities of life. That only the tzaddik like Yosef could be ma'asef and collect that place also and show that it's essential. Because the ikr nakud of the tzaddik is to be magala, that everything has an ikr. That's what shmiras habris means. Shmiras habris means to identify the ikr in everything. It's the opposite of levatala. It's the opposite of something that is not essential. Rav Kook describes this as the whole yesod of the Indian of Shmira Sabris, of guarding the convenant in the sense of believing that everything in my life is essential. Everything, every breath, every step that I take, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me. And the Mitla Rabbah tells us that it's Yosef who's poiter chalomos because chalomos are the waste of the mind. The imaginings, the dreams of the mind, those wasteful thoughts which appear to be completely insignificant. And it's specifically the tzaddik, it's specifically the fixer who could go down to reveal the true pitron hachalomos. The secret of Asher Yotzer, which is mafli lasos, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself specifically in the inessential, in the mutaros lach. That's the secret of Kedoshim Tihiyu, to bring the mutaros and reveal that there's nothing mutar in the world. Everything has a tachlis. Every moment has a tachlis. And the, the, the fixer makes his money and he has a suda. He has a suda. And Be'ezus Hashem, what we'll see next week is the, the last world, the world of Asiya, the job of the soldier, the, the story of the wooden sword, and ultimately how it's specifically in the lowest world imaginable, and that world of Asiya, and that working as a soldier, that the Isha Matakin is going to be able to reveal the deepest joke of all, that's Schoik of V'tishak Liyom Acharon Be'ezus Hashem.
This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh,